the ladies cannot stop fucking him. This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. Yeah, and by the way, the innocent family members that you killed, boiling in hell. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Movie microscope. Look. big one today's episode is reach me ladies and gentlemen welcome to the latest movie microscope my name is nick nunziata and i am your gracious host alongside me the completely incarcerated and covered in styrofoam justin Wydell. justin how's it going oh man it's good it's super good <laughs> loving that pull, earth man loving the pull, earth you're pulling it off huh you're pulling it out yeah definitely yeah it's good firing up the old news checking it out that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. How about you? How, you? how are you holding up mentally? Mentally. Better. I, I've, I've achieved a sort of zen right now. Yeah. Uh, and that is a very delicately balanced achievement, and it re- involves um, watching a lot of baseball, playing a lot of PGA golf on the PlayStation, drinking, yeah. smoking, and... Uh, you know, laying off the stress, laying off the things that drive me insane. Yeah. I did the opposite of that. <laughs> so what I've stopped doing is hitting refresh on the uh, message boards. Can't sleep. Certainly can eat. I, I think you're talking about your friend Zen Brown, our friend. <laughs> Saw him last night. Looks great. Did, did you? Rolled up in a BMW. I was making fun of him all night. What was that? Is it? Did he borrow that car? Or is he just? It's did he his come father's in car. It's his father's know. car. But he, but he looked like, you know, he had, he had the look going on too. The hair had some product in it. Mm-hmm. He walked out like his shit didn't stink. He probably cut off an innocent person, on his way into the parking lot. Did you notice what uh, music he had playing on the way out? No, what? I don't know. Do you have some music blasting in that BMW? Yeah, yeah. What's some perfect BMW type music? What, what would you listen to? Had you? If you're behind a wheel with BMW. If like I was a super douche, uh, probably Pinkerton by Weezer. You've taken the album to task lately. Uh, actually, I, I don't. It's the album that precedes it that, I, that was forced on me way too much when I was younger. Their hit, their hit album, the so bad. Anyway, album. Hey guys, it's the movie Microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. We watch a film with castrated eyes and we stare innocently into the void. We grab onto microbes and we swing through them until we find something warm. And then we nestate there and then we glance around. And then when we see what makes or breaks, we pull it out and share them with the likes of you. So if we were talking about the Ballad of Little Joe, we wouldn't talk about the scene where a 
transdressing Susie Amos is so dedicated to being taken as a man that she whips out a giant dick. So I went little moments. <laughs> James Cameron's Bay, Susie Amos. Still? Right? I think they're still together. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, I think they are, they, they're, their love has made it. His heart she, will go on. I think that she's his ninth wife. I all I know is they are probably not spending a lot of time together. Yeah, they're married as fuck. Before then, his relationships were much like the Titanic, Nick. Yeah, you know like, what I'm saying. Yeah, like like loaded with baubles and people. <laughs> but he met S- S- Susie Amos, and and that 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 is a. Uh, Bore fruits. Do they have children, Nick? Uh, three. Uh, and she she also made sex with Sam Robards for a stretch there and made a, made a child out of it. Who's Sam Robards? Jason's Jason. son. Yeah. From, he, was he an actor? Yeah, he still is. He was an AI. I need to know about I Sam I need to Robards. know about Sam Robards, too. Yeah, this could be... I'm, gonna go, I'm just going to go to samrobards.com and see what... He, yeah, he was an AI. I remember him from that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a lot, of, a lot of work. A lot of work. A lot of TV. Yeah. Just I mean, you just keep scrolling, dog, and he's just still there. And he's just you know what movie he was in in ninety three? The Ballad of Little Joe. Oh, is that where they met? He was Nick, probably the guy putting that fake prosthesis on her. Do you um mind if I zoom in on Sam Robards real quick? Yeah. Friends call him Sammy. Nice. Nice zoom. Yeah. When I used to play D and D a lot, I worked as a ferryman, and I used to row bards a lot. So that was cool. <laughs> I was going to say that we that you're sitting in um, we're on the on a Zoom call here, uh, but you are actually sitting in Brownwall Studios, which you haven't done uh, very much in our previous recordings. I know, I know, I missed it. I thought it would be nice, and selfishly, mm-hmm. I needed to be insulated. I needed to be insulated from cats, from kids, from alarms, from distractions. Mm-hmm. And last episode, I was indoors, yet still had overpowering crickets because the feeder crickets for my lizards were wild crickets, and they were hauling ass all the whole podcast. I heard them, and I, I, it struck me as funny because you're right; you weren't outside, so right. yeah. I thought maybe you piped that that noise in. <laughs> No, on purpose. So I just I figured I'd go someplace. It's like getting back into the womb, you know. It's like really nurturing in here. I got amniotic fluid all over me. Uh, I'm wet. I'm completely naked. Uh, I've got my finger in my mouth. Uh, I'm curled in a in a in a football shape, and uh, I really don't have a care in the world. There might be a chance that that you'll be uh, picking up some brown wall on this oh, one. Yeah, I told I told before I came downstairs. I said everybody take wicked shits. And uh, one little piece of business before we get to the movie, we saw each other for the first time since March this week. I couldn't believe it. It was very strange. Or the last week, I guess, last week. It was very strange. It was, yeah, last week. It was, it was very strange. Friday. Mm-hmm. You looked, so just, I could tell it was you still, though. Well, it's a, did, did, was it everything you hoped? No. When you saw me? No. No. Because I was. what I was hoping is... Uh, you would have sh- like ripped your mask off and said "fuck this" and then ran towards me. Were you surprised by my first question? I don't remember. What's COVID? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was nice seeing you. 
and I handed off this movie to you. And I want you to tell people the story of how this movie came into uh, our possession. It's very yeah. sweet of you. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where when we uh, when we commit to a movie mm-hmm. and, and name an episode number, by hook or crook, we're going to make that happen. Right. Um, because, you, you know, you've done nothing to deserve it as a listenership. <laughs> so oh, well. so what we what what happened was I I, I was doing the, the mad scramble because this movie which was previously available on a streaming platform disappeared off planet Earth. I mean it could not be found anywhere. You could even pay to rent to watch this. Mm-hmm. And Justin's like, they're not gonna mind. It's not a big deal. We'll pick something else. And uh you know, integrity fucking rode rode hard on me. And uh I said, fuck that. Let's get your address straight because there's something sweet coming your way. And yeah, you s- you no, know, once we commit, you're saying in a, this kind of we talk about doing a movie, we have to do it at that at that number. And so this is the movie that was tricky, and no one that listens to the show is really going to be able to watch it unless they purchase the Blu-ray, right? And but it I, is on Blu-ray. It is it, on Blu-ray. It's on Blu-ray. And and I, I'll tell you guys, we're going to do the best we can to give you all the tools you need to not have to watch Reach Me. But we can't deny fate. If this thing, you know, if it's as important to you as it is to us, you may have to go s- suck out. But, um, I'm yeah, so that, it arrived at Justin's house. He it watched did. it. And then we met on a rendezvous, and we swapped that bitch. And I took it home and watched it at 6 a.m. this morning. You know, and I did what what the Amazon reviews suggested. What was that? I roundhoused it into my DVD player, <laughs> <laughs> my Blu-ray player. Um, I was going to suggest that maybe uh, we have a comment, we have a contest, and then the person that wins the contest would win the Reach Me Blu-ray. Now you bought it, so it's up to you if you want to give it away. I know you might want to keep it, but it's if good. you don't, we could have a contest, and the and the winner, how you win is you would type up one comment. And then you'd win <laughs> about want, our show. I want to keep it. Well, I'm glad that I don't have you hooked up to a lie detector right now. Because <laughs> there's no way that's true. <laughs> Why would you want to keep it? Because um, I want to have the, the uh, trailer for Fading Gigolo in HD. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you see the same trailers I did? happily and i'm so excited about doing both of those movies so yeah so this movie has an option when you put it in it's what is that thing called like the the live blue it's the live something and it'll push like trailers at you that aren't on the disc i guess and it pushed a trailer at me called fading gigolo which is a john taturo joint He wrote and directed where he plays a, uh, it's hard to say this, but he, and Woody Allen's in it, but he, and Woody Allen plays John Turturro's pimp. He plays a a man in his, I guess, late forties, early fifties that the women just can't keep their hands off of. Uh, And uh, Woody Allen starts charging money for that, for the pleasure of sleeping with him. And so who, who sleeps with him in this movie? I mean, I remember Sofia Vergara is in it. Yeah. She sleeps with them happily. Um, but who else? Isn't Sharon Stone one of them? Sharon Stone, yes. And, and there's there, a couple other. Yeah, there's that other f- kind of famous like for, uh, French actress. No, I'm not saying that I didn't assume that John Turturro had an ego. Like, I am... Vanessa but, Paradis. 
She looks like the star of it. Yeah, Johnny Depp's ex-wife, I think. Yeah. And she was a... I can't remember. What's the movie she's most famous for? I think I know she was a model. I can't remember her in a lot of movies or anything. Yeah, she's not. She got that uh, David Letterman gap in her tooths. Uh, yoga hosers might. <laughs> um, but it also features one of my favorites, Liev Schreiber. He's in it. Is Marissa Tomei in it or no? No. Hmm. But you got... You got Michael Badalucco, Bob Balaban, Max Casella. You got some swingers in there. Yeah, he's, he's irresistible. The ladies cannot stop fucking him. Yeah, and that, and and Totoro's like, you know, um, trying to think of something I could write and direct. Maybe star in. And what, what, uh, let's see what what it's like. I've done some crime flicks. You know, maybe I'll do a crime flick, or maybe I'll just get all the hot actresses to want to suck my butt. He the original title for the movie was Awesome Gigolo, and uh, the studio. <laughs> um, and then the other the other movie. So you said we're doing that one. Of course we, we have are. to do that. Yeah, yeah. And then the other movie that there was a bunch of them, but the other one I wrote down um, was Antonia Banderas's uh, Blade Runner movie. Yep, Automata. Is yeah. it Automata or Automata? Autom- Automata. Um, which actually, and it, I think Melian Griffith's in it and somebody else. Yeah. But yeah, somebody we love is in it, but it's, yeah, it looks, it's a very sci-fi movie, you know, it looks like kind of beautifully made, but it must not be very good. Cause I've never really heard anything about got it. Dylan McDermott, but most importantly, Robert Forster. Oh yeah. Dylan McDermott's got the bad guy slick back hair in that. So he's the bad guy, I guess. Yeah. McDermott. Stop yeah. trying to make Dylan McDermott happen. Stop it. You know what's funny is here's what I I hope does not happen is that mm-hmm. we commit way in advance to a movie and the star of that movie gets gets uh canceled. You, you know? hope that doesn't happen? Oh, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Cuz what if well, we were, what if this was the TV microscope and we had had our hearts set on that that child predator run of that Crystalia show, we would have been shit out of luck. They pulled it off the internet. What Crystalia show are you talking of, about? Not you. But there's another, oh, yeah, there's yeah. another like workaholics or under I don't remember what it was called. Some show where he played a molester for two episodes. He played a molester on workaholics. He was very funny on that show. Well, they, that they, show. they removed it from history. He was on two episodes of that show, I believe. He's also on a show called Alone yeah. Together, I think, that's really funny. That he played kind of a he always plays like a dick. That's because he's a, I think he is a dick, obviously, but um he got replaced in the Zack Snyder film. By Tig. This Blu-ray, this first thing I noticed, the Blu-ray comes with a play feature option. Just to give you one more line of defense. <laughs> I didn't have many, um, it didn't have many, uh, it doesn't have many special features. So it just had the play feature. Yeah. Which is, I guess, the base feature that you'd want for all Blu-rays, right? I don't even think there's like chapter selections. I don't think I don't think they did that. Well, I think that Hersfeld, who directed this movie, John Hersfeld, he said he envisions this as like a chapterless movie. It's all one chapter, yeah. you know. Mission accomplished. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about this movie. That who who is behind this film? Now? Well, first let's say welcome to episode ninety eight. We are so close to the prince; you can smell it. Um, mm. You know, thanks for coming along in this journey with us. We have some exciting things coming your way. Um, oh, wow. Including Fading Gigolo, episode 123. Ooh, that's, um, coming, that's coming too close. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, maybe that asteroid will hit before we get to that. We're lucky. Yeah. So Mr. John Hersfeld is responsible for this film. He is the writer director. It is a passion project of his, um, just like Mein Kampf was for Hitler. And uh, (laughs) what? what, Go ahead. It it just it features an all star cast. Uh, He obviously watched Crash. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, just said, well, I'm going to do it better. He said, I can make a movie that's a fucking car crash, too. Um, What is going on with the cast? Who do you love in this film? A lot of people. Mm -hmm. Let's let's, let's just take turns. Let's take turns. Mm -hmm. All right. I'll start with the best. Um, All right. Kevin (laughs) Connolly. That's what I was going to say. Sylvester Stallone is in this, Nick. We have Kira Sedgwick. David O'Hara, one of our favorites. We got Danny Aiello. We also have Lauren Cohan. I think that's how you say your name from The Walking Dead. We've got Maggie. We've got Tom Berenger. Oh, yeah. In the sand, right? We have this guy named Amari Hardwick, who I've never seen before. He was Uh, fine in this. We have the uh, estimable Frank Stallone in this. We got Nelly in this, Nick. Furtado? No. Oh, okay. Nelly himself. Okay. We got the illustrious, completely illustrious Tom Jane in this. And we got the female version of Tom Jane in this, Jillian Barbareri. (laughs) (laughs) From the, like, morning TV. We have got Tom Sizemore. Sizemore up in here. We got Kelsey Grammer in here, floating around. (laughs) Oh, Terry Crews, Carrie Elways. Oh, L.A. shows up. Danny yep. Trejo. For a second, for a second. Your, your boy, Ryan Quantin. Oh, from True Blood. Oh, my God. You got Chuck Zito. Every single one of them nailing their scene, Nick. Every single one of them. Yes. They do get a scene. They get kind of a scene in this. It's kind of a piecemeal movie uh, with a lot of different threads building toward a triumphant conclusion. Yeah, it's it's what they call a dramedy. <laughs> Minus the drama or comedy. So what do they call it? That's what they call a... And then just silence. Um, what do you think... So the movie's called Reach Me. All right. And so what's its basic premise? Like what... If you can sum up the plot... Okay. First, let's let's pull it back. He watched Crash and Magnolia. Yeah. And totally said, well, those are... Those are two interesting takes on it. Let me... Let me spend a, a lunch break and bang out a script. In and his defense, though, the script, the script he said was floating around since 2001, Nick. Well before those movies. Although, when did Magnolia come out? Before that. 99? 99, yeah. But Crash came out after that, right? Well, this has this is more of a Magnolia wannabe anyway. Yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah, so the premise is our wide array of people all have difficulties in various ways in their lives. And there's this little book that has fallen into their hands written by a mysterious recluse, uh, and it has spoken to them. It, it has caused them to uh, snap out of it and try to improve their lives with its rudimentary riffs on self-help that are absolutely <laughs> not fresh. He, Everybody is obsessed with this book written by an anonymous author. Nobody knows who it is. Uh, everybody at every scene is flipping through the, the paperback version of this book. No Kindles in this, mm-hmm. you know, no e-readers. Yeah. Everybody's got a copy, a dog-eared copy, or, you know, one of the characters finds it 
in a bathroom. Yeah. It just kind of is this ubiquitous book that everybody's uh, loving. Can I correct you, though? Um, when Kevin mm-hmm. Connolly's in, taking it in, it's an e-reader. <laughs> well, I stand corrected. Um, and, the, you know, the book is called Reach Me. And so, you know, that's this title uh, is also the title of Zoom in the movie. <laughs> so and uh, and who did the cover art of that book, Mr. Justin? Oh, God, I don't know. Did I know? And now I don't know. Is it Stallone? Who did it? It's it Stallone. It is the one piece of IMDb trivia there is. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and 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 first of all, like all good inspirational books, the author's name is Teddy. <laughs> well, you don't know that at first. That is the re- revelation that uh, Kevin Connolly managed to dig up. Manages he he manages to uh, um, he really kind of does some detective work to discover the guy's name. It really takes him an afternoon. <laughs> Part, this, of an, part of an afternoon to find this recluse, recluse that everybody wants to know who's behind these words. Anyway, so <clears throat> I guess it's hard to kind of set up this movie, but it starts with an image of Tom Berenger barefoot walking in the sand on a, on a beach yep. in black and white with some narration being read. Mm-hmm. And then it gets, it gets to the plot. And so, we soon find ourselves in jail with who? Miss Kira Sedgwick, who uh, is involved in some chair violence. She does. She it's, she starts the movie off by getting flung. Did you notice that? She gets that is a great little moment. Like that's a good stunt. Like getting thrown to that chair, and then she returns that favor. Mm-hmm. But this movie, this so she's in prison and she's trying to watch. Uh, there's a story about this book that she is obsessed with. She's about to get out of jail. Um, for apparently um, setting fire to her own home because she's mad at her husband. She's in jail for this. Um, and then she has a fight with the person over the TV, uh, one of the inmates, and the woman drops her drawers and makes says, Kara Cedric should kiss her ass. And so there's a shot of this movie where <laughs> Cedric's face is right next to an ass, yeah. ready to kiss it. That's a that's a frame of this film. I mean, this is that's a scene. Yeah, she got next to an ass for this. Yep. And um, but she doesn't. She she doesn't put lips to butt. She actually puts chair to butt. Yeah. She and she uh, she knocks out the woman. What made is for, demanding? What it made for? Is. It would have made for a good poster, I think. <laughs> it's a it's a weird thing to ask an actress to do in a movie this pitiful. <laughs> Um, and either either actress, even the one that has to drop drawers, yeah. Um, got got naked, got bare assed for Reach Me. (laughs) Yep, on the resume. Yeah. Um, and who is who is the person on the talk show that she sees who is celebrating coming out of prison himself and becoming uh, a a new person thanks to this book? You're talking about Eruption, Nick, (laughs) played by Nelly, which is. The quintessential white person thinking they know how to come up with a, a name of a hip hop artist. E dash ruption. <laughs> a sixty year old guy says, "I know, I know this culture. Let me, 
let me pull eruption out of this. It's great. That's the, that's, that's the, that's what I, I'd have blasting from the BMW as I was driving away a little eruption. They don't play any of his music in this. You just have to take their word for it that he's a hit recording artist. Yeah. And he has an entourage. Yeah. And um, he's changing. He said he's turning his life around. He's not going to do. He's not going to do crimes anymore. Yeah. He's going to focus on himself. So, so he's not going to be working anymore with DJ Tremors, which is a shame. <laughs> and then we get a glimpse of a of a sight that I don't think I've seen before. Tell me, a bearded Kevin Connolly. Nick. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Connolly, you know, as Nick made a joke about before, he was famous for being E in uh, Entourage. He directed the movie Gotti, I think after this. But, you know, he's uh, an actor that hasn't really, uh, aside of Entourage, has he been in a lot of stuff? Do you do you know? Whatever it is, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> so he's kind of the star of this film. I would say Thomas Jane probably is, but... It's neck and neck. I say, if you want to know how much of a loser Kevin Connolly's character is in this movie, it's evident in the first scene. Right. Because of his fandom. Did you notice who he had a framed poster of on the wall? No. The Dave Clark Five. What? Are you serious? The most tone deaf thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Why? He's a little bit too young to be not only standing that, in the Dave Clark Five. Not only that, even if mm-hmm. he's the right age, there is a laundry list of, of more applicable choices for that. So obviously John Hersfeld, who is the appropriate age to give a fuck about the Dave Clark Five, <laughs> tried to throw in a little Easter egg for his numerous fans. So what what are some of Dave Clark Five songs? Is it Crimson and Clover, one of their songs, or am I wrong? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I know that... I mean, they were famous... Yeah. Um, Sounds like a name of a robot. <laughs> or or something like a, an amalgam from The Thing. You know, Dave and Clark, yeah. you know, they turned five. <laughs> he made it. They really killed it. Like, they're big hits. Um, mm-hmm. they, yeah. had a, they had a lot of hits. I'm sure they did. Like, we're talking... Like, you know, uh, uh, because and glad all over any way you want it. Catch us if you can. Catch us if you can. I know that song. Yeah. I mean, they were, you know, they were. That's ra- a good one. They were, I they, think they actually did have a lot of hits. They did. And but you they, can, were, they, were, they were also Rans. They, they, they were up according against. To, according to Wikipedia, feel free to call them the DC5, Nick. <laughs> Um, and so then, so what, what, what Hersfeld is doing is he's hopping around giving you all the essential characters, all the ingredients you need to watch this film. You get a splash of Sedgwick, Sedgwick you get a scene with Connolly and one Sylvester Stallone, who is um, Kevin Connolly's boss. He's a, I guess, a gossip columnist or some kind of blogger. Yeah. Stallone is. And he is mad that Kevin Connolly uh, is a, is a chain smoking do nothing. And he, and he sicks him on this. He's like, why haven't you found this recluse? Why haven't you found out who this guy is? He's so mad at, he dressed, he dresses Connolly down. Yeah. Uh, but then we also meet Thomas Jane. Why don't you, uh, set that up for us? Well, he plays a a policeman who likes to, who has a penchant for shooting people to death. 
He does. And that's his that's his character. It's a good character to have in a movie these days. Yeah. You know, the the kill happy cop. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's great. It, I don't know, one of these got a typical cop name. Wolfie. I mean, that's not a bad nickname. No, he, <clears throat> he actually, you know, he has the closest to an arc in this movie, which is sad. But, yeah, he plays a, a cop who shoots the living fuck out of people and, and hates mm-hmm. it. And then goes and confesses to our, the, the beloved and now dead Danny Aiello, uh, who is a priest in this. Uh, and I've always wanted to see him in a frock, and it's handled. Did you know that I told you that this script was floating around since 2001, but it did get an update. Okay. Herschel did, before the shoot, he did update it. Mm-hmm. Put the line in about the mystery book. Okay. Twitter is blowing up. <laughs> Twitter cannot stop talking about this book, Nick. Hashtag reach me the book. Yeah. You know? Yeah. By the way, did you know Feige was pissed about this movie, Kevin Feige? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Why is that? And he actually threatened Hersfeld because this was gonna. He was that was what they were gonna name the Mister Fantastic solo film. <laughs> I think I'm gonna say because this film feels like it's Infinity. <laughs> um, did you notice uh, that a poor tumbleweed is victimized in this movie? <laughs> Of course, I wrote down. I wrote down. They sh- maybe shouldn't have put a tumbleweed in this. Actually, rolling across the screen <laughs> might have been a bad idea. Literally, yeah. one tumbleweed in the whole area, and then the car glances, gl- gives it a glancing blow. It's like, yeah. And that's is that Thomas Jane's introduction? I don't think so. That's somewhere. Anyway, he's introduced as this cop, and he's undercover. He's uh, egging these bad guys on. He's going to drive them away after they rob this bank. And so they're all joking around. Thomas Jane being weird. Danny Trejo in the backseat. Mm-hmm. Trejo's in there. They rob the bank. They come out and they get blasted to death by, uh, you know, not Thomas Jane so much as his partner that's that's there. Right. Um, and then the partner says, hey, Thomas Jane, there's three dead bodies. Why don't you flee the scene? It yep. makes zero sense <laughs> it is weird yeah i mean it's not they're not trying to be the departed here i mean there's not a lot of talk about him being undercover in this film other than that scene right there's really no police work in this film Mm-mm. yeah and he, and he also it's funny because hersfeld you know 60 year old guy doesn't know much about the way things are he goes uh there's a line where jane says i hope twitter didn't see it because he thinks twitter's a guy <laughs> The thing that bothered me about the scene, other than, of course, I don't like, I don't want to see police violence. Um, but those criminals, the bank robbers, they were funny. They were kind of cute before <laughs> they go in that bank. They were likable. Um, and then they get killed. Like they, you know, and it's a trick. It's like a trick. Yeah. You know, Tom, and Thomas Jane doesn't, you know, like he's like tricked you and then shoots him. Yeah. He, he, he gives Danny Trejo a gun. He gets him excited about this gun, then he gives it to him, but it's not loaded. And that's like the oldest trick in the book. They rob this bank, and then they come out, and what a surprise. Thomas Jane's out there to kill him. Yeah, and then they let these guys... Another thing is they let them go into the bank armed, these cops. I guess assuming that they're not going to kill anybody inside. I mean, it just seems like such a bad idea, guys. 
Um, what do you think of um, Stallone's character's name in this? What, tell us. Gerald Cavallo. It's a little too close, right? To Greg Cavullo or whatever. Mm. I mean, is this the first time he's played a Gerald? I think it is, yeah. I think if for Stallone, you call him Jerry. Like, it seems like that's where he would, if he had to make a change, he'd be like Jerry Cavallo. Right. That sounds more Stallone-ish. But he, he, um, he, his blog or his news site or whatever is called The Daily Contact. And he is a wealthy man. He's a... Uh, he doesn't suffer fools. He's very uh, difficult to deal with, it appears. A little snooty. And he has this whole thing where he he's dressing down Connolly at the beginning, and he's like, uh, you know, you're looking for... Because Connolly hits him up for a raise, and he goes, you're looking for a raise because you can't afford a razor. Like, he's slinging these lines to Connolly, um, and then he, he leaves him... He's like, there's no girls that are going to kiss you with the beard... And he says something like, empires are built on a kiss. That's what Stallone says here. Yeah. Do you believe it, Nick? Um, no. No. Yeah. Um, but I also am 100% all for the dressing down of Kevin Connolly at every opportunity. Um, so, and then, of course, uh, you know, he has this moment where he's kind of cleaning up his act, right? Mm-hmm. The boy shaves with a disposable razor. He shaves a full beard with a disposable razor. That um, is an afternoon's work, and it is going to suck. Yeah, he's rubbing his he's rubbing his arm for the rest of the movie, so at least he's committed to yeah. accuracy. Yeah. You know, you know what um, I noticed about him that I'd never noticed before. Mm-hmm. He's got like Bruce the Shark's eyes, Kevin Conley. Such a huge zoom. He's got this, beady black death pools for eyes. This might be the zoom of our show, and this what is this ninety eight? I can't believe it because you know you know you know him as a redhead. Uh-huh. Soulless China doll death eyes that he's got. Ha- in his hashtag head. hashtag Kevin Connolly's got doll's eyes. <laughs> so what? So what do you say? I couldn't not look at him. I could not look. I couldn't look away mm-hmm. because it, it really it's 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 almost as if he, he was the Antichrist. He had just swam in a, in a dark pool of of sinister knowledge. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna suck it. Yeah, I'm I'm never gonna be able to watch Jaws again without when Robert Shaw goes into his monologue, not picturing a little Kevin Connolly's bobbing up and down outside the Indianapolis. <laughs> it's called. Is that, uh, yeah, that's that's a huge zoom, Nick. Are you are you willing to commit to that zoom? I can't not. We take that zoom as your lawfully wedded I, husband. I could not unsee it. I. You could have a set of tits in the frame, and I'm looking at them beady eyes. <laughs> so um, we get to when Danny Io is introduced in a church um, as a priest, and he's dusting. I, I thought maybe this is Mad Libs the movie, <laughs> and they were just throwing anything at us they could think of, you know. And he has this. He he gets mad at. So Stallone's getting mad at Connolly. And Danny Aiello is getting mad at Thomas James for recklessly killing people and then confessing to him. And he has a, he says um, to him, he says, "You've appointed yourself an agent of divine divine retribution." Mm-hmm. And then he says, he screams at him, "Thou shall not kill." He screams that at I, him. I love it. Yep. Which and, is then, maybe, and by the way, then instantly yeah. provides a very minimal 
recipe for salvation with like two all fathers and three all Marys or whatever. He's like, oh, you, you only killed three? Well, that's only these little these little Italian poems, right? And then on on <laughs> on next uh, on you know very up next is a movie set scene where Carrie Elway's uh, sexually. <laughs> Uh, assaults an actress. Wardrobe, I got a bra coming out over here. <laughs> a British actor with a Cockney accent who's in bed with one of um, the actresses in this film who I don't know. I, did, I couldn't look up her she's name. Famous. She's famous. She's Natasha well, Hentress's sister, I believe. She's on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I know that. Um, and um, she's trying to nail the scene. It's just her, it's her big break, and John Hersfeld as himself, I guess, or playing a director in this, is directing. And um, Elway, they they have a it's a love scene, and Elway's actually fondles her under the sheets. He's fingers, he fingers her. Yeah, it's awful, and she is um, sickened by this and, and horrified. He leaves, and so that's a thread. This movie goes, down. <laughs> you know, why not, Nick? Just throw that at us. She is and not come related. To find out, not related to Nat- to Natasha Henstridge. But she has that last name? Yeah. Henstridge. And so then she's connected to Sarah, uh, Kara Cedric's character. I don't know what their relationship is. I guess they're friends. Um, and then Thomas Jane, you know, uh, he crashes into their car. And well, this is a scene I did like in the movie is that... I love uh, this Tom- scene, actually. And so Thomas Jane helps this woman out, this actress is who having a horrible day. Um, she's hurt and he, 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 he helps her out of the car and he lays her down on the sidewalk and, you know, and then she's okay. She gets up and then he, in her place, lays. <laughs> yeah. It turns out he, he's all, he's also hurt. Yeah. His adrenaline was in protection mode, but once he realized she was okay, his body said, fuck you fella. Well, they slot, they swap lie downs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a kind of a nice scene. It was actually a nice scene for Thomas Jane though. I thought he was really good in that scene. Well, you love Thomas. Jane, I do so love Thomas Jane, but you know, there was a there was a there was a sensitivity to him there that I thought was very uh, believable. Oh God, are you serious? Yeah, I love I love seeing that side of him. You don't you know movies don't like him to do that. You know, he's, he's bringing his hung energy to this. He's bringing his the early part of the mist energy to this. He is not. He's being very. Insane and weird, and then in the scenes with her, I guess he's a little bit like. I love but it. For the most part, he's I, like a violent cop, right? And or a funny like, he's like a Murtaugh or I remember Riggs from Lethal Weapon, kind of. Yeah, and he's got an ascot or something that he wears throughout the whole movie. Well, there's too many scarves in this movie. There is. Um, um uh, can I tell you though? I mean, granted, this is a, this is a like. Eagle, Eagle's dick, awful film. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to tell me twice. (laughs) But there are little moments that are kind of, you know, moments. And I thought that was one of of my favorites is that. Connolly, a, sh- a freshly shaven Connolly, yeah, um, goes to 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 uh, re uh, meet up with his boss Stallone, and Stallone is in a uh, art studio, <laughs> and he is flinging red paint on a black canvas or black wall. And what's he doing it with, Nick? How's he painting? Bachelor, that's not uncommon. I didn't know that. Is that not uncommon? No, it's not uncommon. 
There's that whole style is done like that. So he's so he's using a spatula to paint, which I I don't know much about this, but he's also doing using the spatula to throw a red line of paint down a wall. And then he stares at it, which this movie basically contains footage of of Stallone watching paint dry. <laughs> Literally. I mean that is in the movie. <laughs> and he he's mad at Connolly cuz Connolly hasn't done any work and he hasn't certainly hasn't found this the author of this book, and so that's this is the like the key scene in the movie. Yeah, and he and he says um, he's he's yelling at him again. He's he's saying you're a worthless hack, piece of shit. Go find this author of this book. We need to know. Everybody wants to know, and um, so that's what Connolly does. He sets out to uh, to you know talk to his publicist. That's where Lauren Cohen comes right, in. Right, right. This scene features the the key lines in this movie. Okay. So obviously the line that's the big trailer moment is Stallone mm-hmm. yelling at Connolly, "You're a finger painting. Be your masterpiece." That's like the big mm-hmm. the big message of the film in Cat. Right. Right. But earlier. He said he Stallone's character says he'd kill his mother for a story. <laughs> and then he says later on, you know, I try to bring her back to life later. He says that. I don't remember this. Yeah, but then he, he also but then he calls Kevin Connolly a fart catcher. <laughs> I do remember that. A fart catcher. Which and then they, and then they dream catcher. Oh. So it's kind of, yeah, a little sex. We haven't talked about Denise Denise yet. Right. We, but we've also zoomed past two of the best moments in the film. All right. You please bring them up to me. You mentioned that there's a scene where Stallone is watching paint dry. Mm-hmm. There is a black and white montage of Kira Sedgwick looking at panties that are in color. Mm-hmm. The panties Which are in it? color. Everything else is in black and white. And she's looking at them. Why? Because this is this Hurstville's tribute to the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's the second awesome moment that we zoom past? Um, I don't mean to brag, but the sniper. <laughs> what from the that Thomas Jane takes out? Yep. Yeah, there's a uh, Thomas Jane is driving. This is, he sees this an is the most. This is. This is where I started to think. There's this moment makes me think maybe Hertzfeld's in on the joke, mm-hmm. and then he instantly betrayed it. But for one moment in the film, it's like there's no way he did this seriously. Well, this movie made me think that they shoot so much more film, like that they just and they kept this this moment in because it cost a lot of money or it cost more than the other scenes that they ditched. Because this has a. Two women getting assaulted, uh, getting robbed and assaulted. Thomas Jane happens upon it at night, gets out of his car, says some, you know, I don't know shit to these guys, and then shoots a gun out of somebody's hand, shoots another one of the bad guys in the chest, and he's just about to wrap it up. But he's just about to, but what happens? Okay. Well, as you know, whenever there's a bunch of two bit thugs mm-hmm. like loitering in a parking lot, they always have Overwatch. There's always a sniper on Overwatch that they brought with them. Yeah. And so what happens is this whole thing, you think the scene is over and Thomas Jane is one. All of a sudden, they cut to a fucking sniper. <laughs> See, I thought he was on a playground. Justin said he was on a diving board. Either I think, way, it's ridiculous. I think he's on like a lifeguard type chair, some platform, and Jane shoots him before the guy can get a shot off. And he, the guy falls into water. And... uh 
so he he kills two in that scene and injures one and no consequences on that no no police report nothing well i just i'm gonna still in my mind it's still a playground okay because it just it makes me so happy this movie's hersfeld's playground let's be honest yeah uh and so then you know Connolly, he after a couple, he he kind of um, canvases a park. Like he he tracks, he knows that this author is calling from a payphone in a park, and so he cases this park and he waits for someone to that looks like an author to jump on the phone, and that's how he catches Tom Berenger, who is to be fair, he's wearing a scarf, which equals writer, right? He's wearing a green scarf. No, it equals wannabe writer. Mm. Well, he, this guy's a hugely successful author, but he doesn't want to be found. He wants to be anonymous, and he's mad at Kevin Connolly. Brown wall. Um, brings a tear to mine eye. Hi, um, Brown wall. And so uh, Connolly said, oh, I'm going to out you. And uh, Barron's was like, I don't care. Fine, do it. So they actually end, end up spending. Um, a night together because Connolly doesn't believe him. He's skeptical of, he thinks he's his book's bullshit. And, um, he knows that, uh, Tom Berenger had like saved Lauren Cohen's character from something like kind of helped her get past. She had a hair lip and, uh, she got over that, that grief. She uh, got over some like grief of the mother. She had a big fear that he helped her get over anyway. So Kevin Connolly is a chain smoker and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll believe you if, Basically, Tom Berenger's like, I'll cure your chain smoking overnight. But first, how does he get him to the beach? He drags him by that fucking scarf. That is what you get for wearing a scarf, Kevin Connolly. Oh, no. It's Con- it's Berenger's wearing the scarf. No, then no, later, Connolly is. Connolly's wearing a scarf later, and he gets dragged by it. Oh. So, um, but anyway, so the Tom Berenger's thing is he talks him out of chain smoking by having Kevin Connolly shout at water. And it works. And what does he say over and over again? I, I'm Roger and I don't smoke. <laughs> I don't smoke. Which he does smoke, but Tom Berenger is like, just tell yourself you don't. And it works. Like Kevin Connolly is like never at the rest of the movie, never touched another cigarette. He's cured by water. By water shouting. And then Kevin Connolly is like, this guy's the real deal. He is a like soothsayer or whatever they call that. He is a master of helping people, self-help guru. Did you watch the EPK? Oh, of course. I love that scene. Like Connolly, like Connolly and Berenger, like we're bonding over their character. And there's this shit. There's like this like two hour shot. Mm-hmm. I'm Kevin Connolly and I can act. <laughs> oh, by the way, you mentioned the me too thing. Kevin Connolly got is in the news a little bit lately. He had something happen. He did something I think inappropriate. I don't really remember. Did but say look into my eyes and she shit herself. No, I think he did something pretty awful, but I don't know. I, I'm not remembering it really right. Anyway, um, and so then Lauren Cohen, who is it turns out he she is the daughter of Tom Berenger. She is so excited that that you know Kevin Connolly somehow has gotten through to Tom Berenger. She just plants a big wet one on Kevin Connolly's lip. She gets she gets a kiss in right away. Yeah, and then he takes another. Oh, no, he can't. He's so happy to be kissed, and you know that. And Stallone is so excited because it fulfills his process, his prophecy, 
then empires are built on a kiss. kiss right? Reach me. The movie is built on this kiss in a way. Yeah. And so what did you do? I, I had to take a break when she kissed him. Well, I, I was like, wow, that's dedication to your craft. I ran, I went out and ran a lap, <laughs> try to process it. It's funny. They were asked on the EPK for the walking dead. They're like, what's the grossest thing you've ever had to do with the zombie kill in this episode? She's like, no, reach me fucking kissing Kevin Connolly's dead eyes. And then he, um, <laughs> we even talked about Sizemore. I mean, this is his credit. To talk to to his credit when he, after the kiss, he goes, I didn't even taste your hair lip. That was kind of nice of him. Not to. She does have a um, hair lip in this, and it is a makeup job. It is. It looks like a makeup job, like a line. They like they drew a line mm-hmm. on her face. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and a little it has a little bit of, you know, discoloration around it. Just you know, they didn't, they couldn't afford those, the CGI for that. But they do, I think, at one point CGI a snarl onto a dog. Did you notice that? Yeah. Well, and and they asked Lauren Cohen, "What did you do to research this film?" She goes, "I watched Walk the Line." Um, and Berenger thinks that Reach Me will be a joke if they if they dig too into it too much into if he reveals too much about himself. Reach Me will be a joke. Yeah, I got news, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> um, but there's some choice lines that come up. Uh, one of my one of my favorites that I wrote down was I think Kara Sedgwick's talking about her divorce. And she says, after she had burned the house down, she goes, I don't want any alimony from him. Not a penny, not a cent. And I was like, you can, I think we got it by penny. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Do you, need, do you think she needed like, to stretch out the cent? Not even a hay penny. <laughs> not a coupon. Not a Although, Bed Bath & Beyond. I, can I zoom in a little bit? Mm-hmm. Kara um, Cedric's sort of a national treasure. I love her. She's yeah. one. She's one of the greats, and she's actually a great actress. And um, and she's she's delivered greatness for a long time. Like she was good on that show, that show the closer for a long time. She is great. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. And then during this quarantine, her and Kevin Bacon have been in, doing these little musical numbers, and it just reminds me how special she is. Oh, I didn't. I haven't watched that, but I always liked her. I always liked Kevin Bacon too. But um, I mean, I remember. She was great in singles. That's when I first knew. Is that her kind of her first movie? It's, it's got to be up there. Yeah. Anyway, I like her too. I feel bad that she's uh, into this, but maybe she's friends with Hersfeld. Maybe she's doing a fave, you know? Well, she's like, I, I can't not be around. You mentioned Tom Sizemore, who I have had a very, I've seen a lot of Tom Sizemore movies lately. Mm-hmm. I watched Enemy of the State a couple of days ago. Um, I've been deep diving on his nuts. And, uh, <laughs> he's an interesting sort man like uh i almost want to call like some help center when i see him in a film it's like oh it's like you're watching an unraveling maybe but i also think he's sometimes good and stuff like, okay, he's actually okay. so i watched in two days i watched enemy of the state and lock mm-hmm. which we're gonna do on here episode like 118 or so mm-hmm. love that movie um Sizemore's in that too. That was my first foray into Tom Sizemore. That's your first Sizemore? I think so. Hmm. Tell me about your first Sizemore, Nick. <laughs> but no, okay, so a- as much as Kira Sedgwick is a national treasure, Tom Sizemore is an oddity. I don't, I still don't know what I'm dealing with with this fellow. But he is, 
in so many good movies. That's the thing about Tom Sizemore that you forget is how many good movies he pops up in. I mean, Reach Me, <laughs> you got, but you, I mean, that, you really that bet. Planet. And when he is in a, and he is, when he is in a good movie, he delivers. It's actually pretty good. Well, he delivers as, 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 uh, what do you call like a, like a, like a ligature, like a ligament, you know, he's tying things together, but you're not putting the whole fucking meat on him. Like relic is as close as it gets to putting the meat on a Tom Selleck. And it's pretty good, pretty, <laughs> pretty good, uh, you know, fun, fun role for him in that movie. He's not really like that. Usually he's usually like this, where he plays like a cantankerous, you know, strong, you know, willful baddie. He is in this, ridiculous in point break. He's ridiculous in this. Who's he in point break? I don't remember him in that. He's an undercover guy who they uh they they uh they do an, a sting and it, it interrupts all of his uh his undercover work. And he, uh, all I remember is he says three months. Three months. <laughs> like he screams it or like three weeks. Three weeks. He's he's done something like that. <laughs> And he's all, I remember he's a, he's all he's in the dirty and true, smelly. True romance. I remember that. Obviously, relic. Is it true, maybe, wait, is it what is he in true romance? I think you might you might be thinking of true romance. Okay. He plays one of the many undercover cops in that, I think, at the end. I think that's maybe that's your thinking of. But still, I love the imp- impersonation. Um he there's a there's a scene where that requires him to uh, be in a car and skid to a halt in a car, and that's uh, done by a stunt double for him. Are you sure? So a, stunt, a stunt double, yeah, applies brakes to the car, and then and then they cut, and then he gets out. <laughs> Cannot be trusted to uh, put foot to brake. Nick, I got some good news about Tom Sizemore. <sighs> That'd be a first. You'll hurt your thumb scrolling on IMDb. He has been acting his living shit off. So good mm-hmm. for him. He was in Point Break. He was an undercover agent. Eat my dick. Was he in? T- was was I wrong? Was he in True Romance too? Uh, yes, he was. He was in both. Give me early Sizemore. Give me first Sizemore. Lock up. Really. Started strong, and then what else? What what came after? I mean, he's born in the fourth. Blue Steel. Flight of the Intruder, Guilty by Suspicion, Point Break. I make fun of him, but he has fucking killed it. Passenger 57, one of my favorite little movies, Watch It, starring John Tenney. What? Yeah, Hearts and Souls. We're doing that, by the way. Episode 109. Which one? Which one? Not not Heart and Souls. Watch it. Okay, phew. That's the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Striking Distance. I mean, I remember that. Wider, yeah. natural born. God, he's just strange days. Obviously, right after that, Devil in a Blue Dress, Heat, The Relic. This guy had Saving Private, Enemy, at the, Enemy of the State, Bringing Out the Dead, Play to the Bone, Get Carter, Red Planet. I mean, he Pearl Harbor, Black Hawk, Big Trouble. Yeah, he, he has really had a Dreamcatcher. Everybody loves that. He, it's a square. He's a square-headed genius. Uh, Zizix Road. The thing is. Oof. Even though he's had his addictions and his problems, guy has fucking mm. never said no in his life, ever. He makes yeah, but his cage look like a discreet individual. People want to work with Sizemore. What's he done? Like, what's the, the last he movie? He's done he a did. billion movies in 2019 and 2020. He's in a movie called The Runners. That's his newest. With he's had a- oh, you know, oh, it's one of my favorites. Michael Lyons is the star. Of course, here's how bad it is. Glenn Moore showers third build star Grizzly Park. 
He's uh, had a prolific pandemic. Nick, is that what you're saying? I love Tom Sizemore. Never, never seen a role he couldn't completely chew up, spit out, and chew up and vomit and chew up again. Kelsey Grammer punches him on a golf course in this movie. No, there is a slap montage. Oh, it's a slap? He slaps him, and then later on, Tom Sizemore re- revisits this, and there's a slap montage. And so we didn't talk about what, what happens. That subplot is that Tom Sizemore has sicked these two hitmen uh, on a, uh, a ne'er-do-well and his girlfriend, Denise Denise, who I brought up earlier. And this guy had this, I don't know what he did, but he stole some money, took some money, and he's holed up in a hotel. These two hitmen go to kill him and the guy's dog. That's their assignment. Who is a dachshund. Zoom in. Mm-hmm. A precious dog. And then leave Denise Denise alone because Tom Sizemore has a thing for her. Uh, you know, he knew her. They have this whole thing, a Tarantino thing, why she's called Denise Denise based on a song. I don't know by who. Dave Clark Five, who knows? Um, and it's anyway, so the, the the bad guys don't come through because one of them or they're hitmen because one of them's reading Reach Me. So he quits. He doesn't want to be a hitman anymore. He doesn't want to be a, a, a gangster. Um, and so then Tom Sizemore has to go find them to set that whole thing straight. Well, and it's and obvious not- that, that John Hertzfeld is a big fan of golf because mm-hmm. he's trying to throw in some golf terminology and stuff when Kelsey Grammer visits him. I think sure. it was just an excuse to get onto an elite golf course, the reason that whole scene was written. And then, of course, Denise Denise. Now, this actress who plays Denise Denise, who is a mm-hmm. buxom lady who has had some work done on her face, mm-hmm. looks a little bit like Roger Ebert after the surgery. Um, she's a producer on this film. Does she? So that's why she's in the film, I'm thinking. Um, has she been in other films? I didn't really look her up. I, I'm sure. She's she's actually kind of cute in, in, uh, in her filmography, but they really do not make her look good in this movie. I don't know if that's true. She looks fine. She looks like a nightmare come to life and join the circus. No, no I think she's she's fine. She's she has to act opposite this guy. I don't know who this actor's name is. I got this some good there. news for you. Mm-hmm. When you look her up on um, IMDb, the first movie that comes up is Reach Me. Mm. But she's in a movie called Sci Fighter, SCI Dash Fighter, 2004. Does that ring a bell? <laughs> You said, she, you said she was her producer on this movie. So she never has to work again. She's rich as fuck. Is that what you're telling me? It's raking in them coins. <laughs> they kickstarted this. They tried to uh, to to finish this movie. They went to crowdfund uh, it. They, you know, Stallone and Hersfeld appealed to the masses to uh, help them fund it. But then they canceled that. You know, they, they actually reached their goal, but they end up canceling it. But they kept the money, right? I don't know what happened. I guess they didn't keep the money. In the, in the end credits, there's this long mm-hmm. list of people that they thank. Yeah. So I thought those were the crowdfunders. Maybe it is. I don't, it looked like it was canceled. The, it says, because I looked up the, the Kickstarter page or whatever, the Indiegogo, whatever they were on. I think it's Kickstarter. And um, the, a SWAT team arrived at my house. <laughs> when I, but anyway, so they... Um, the whole climax of this film is it takes place at a book reading. <laughs> that this reclusive author is going to. Can we pull back a little bit? I can't pull back. I'm 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 speeding there. What do you What do you want me to stop for? The hopscotch kid. 
let my let, let my stump stunt double apply the brakes to this to get out. Okay, go ahead. The hop <laughs> kid at the hotel. There is a random kid playing a hopscotch in this movie, mm-hmm. and then he becomes a like a mo- like they use him as an example to kind of cure the doubts in the other hitman's mind about his way of life. Mm-hmm. Why not? They keep zooming in on this kid's face, but he's playing hopscotch in the, the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, John Hersfeld. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> nice. You brought, you brought it. Yeah, you did kill it. Um, and so then they, yeah, so this, the like I said, the, the end of the movie centers around this book reading where poor Tom Berenger, who's had a tough life. His wife passed away. His wife died. That's the inspiration for his uh, self-help help book. And he, he doesn't like speaking in front of crowds, but his whole book's about conquering your fears. And so they leak that there's a book reading and all the fans, you know, it must have gone viral on Twitter. All the fans show up to this book reading. And... Um, Kevin Connolly is excited. Everybody's excited, but someone isn't excited, Nick. Who, Who would that, that be? be? No, tell me. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> it's mad at Kevin Connolly because he wanted the exclusive. I think he wanted it to go up on his blog, but instead there's a book reading. What the f- hell? You know, and Stallone is just, again, dressing down Connolly and fires him and just, just basically tears him a new one. And then there's this hero shot of Stallone leaving and they just kind of slow-mo it down to smiling Stallone. Like my work is done here. I shit on Connolly the entire movie. I'm the hero of this film, obviously. Well, you're That's obviously it. not reading into it correctly. All right. I'm sure I'm not. No. Cause so here's the, the zoom in Hertzfeld and Stallone were roommates in college. Mm-hmm. So, Obviously, Hertzfeld has some serious dirt on Stallone. <laughs> so he may have actually forced him to do that movie, The Italian Stallion, back in the 70s. Maybe. Regardless of the fact, that look, that shot of Stallone is him realizing debt is paid. <laughs> well, I'm sure part of it is that Hertzfeld's saying, you know, Stallone is, is proud of him, is proud of Kevin Connolly for rebuking him. But it doesn't matter. Stallone I, is off to, he's off to Escape Room 3, which I think... Hersfeld's directing, I think, or directed. But here's the thing, Nick. Did Stallone... He, I know he's in that porno film. Did he get wet in that film? Was he all up in the mess? In the Italian Stalin? Did he get... No, I haven't watched it. Um, I've only jerked off to it. But um, he, I'm sure he's naked in it. But does he go in? Does he go in for a, like, an actual? I'm, I think he does. A quote-unquote actual, does he? Yeah, I hope goes in for an actual and so what happens or does he is it just one of those solo films where he's just you know you know slapping himself on camera like what give me the scene well, let me use my work phone and type does Stallone fucking the Italian Stallion it's in a porno and recovered he went legit he's like the Tracy Lords of of um of of dudes I guess it's not a career path a lot of people can go legit from I can't look at this I can't look at this. How long is he down there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for the me, for the bullet to the head filming, he was down there for three months. Give me that at least. And his brother's in this movie. 
I didn't notice Frank. So his brother works at the hotel. There's a scene where they go to the hotel and the hotel clerk interacts with them. That's Frank Stallone. But what's he doing in the movie? It's just thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving me this job. (laughs) He's just, he's just, you know, you've heard his music. You know what he's about. He's shit. I think, is this, is I remembering this right? Does Connolly have to introduce Behringer? Yes. And he, and Behringer gives him advice. Oh, I don't know. He says, and this is something you guys can, I think this is something you can take to the bank. I think I'm remembering this right. I think it's Behringer giving him a pep talk. No, no, no. It's the other way around. They're trying to give Baron. I think Connolly or somebody's trying to give Behringer a pep talk because he's afraid to public speak. And the advice is look for a cute face. Yep. And who does he see? Kira Sedgwick. Mm-hmm. But you know what's funny? This is this whole. I didn't realize how empty my life had been till this point. I didn't realize how much I enjoyed Tom Berenger flinching. Yeah. Like watching him recoil worked <laughs> for me. Like I, that's that's in the spank bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He went. He went. He went uh, real deep into this role. He actually wrote "Reach Me." Which have you read it? Yeah, I love the part with ben, with ben Grimm. Like it's like, <laughs> oh, different, a different script. Um, Behringer in this movie. Wonder if how what I bet they're friends too. Um, but anyway, so you know he what? lists. Okay, some, can I go? Can I say this? You can. Behringer, we deserved more of. Like he he was the real deal. Mm-hmm. And there was a period until like the early 90s where he had kind of capitalized on it. And he didn't really do anything to deserve not being the real deal anymore. He kind of just faded away. Mm-hmm. But if you look at his early resume, that guy was nails for a long time. And he was in some great movies. And he was great in those movies. He was. And then something happened. I guess it's because he maybe maybe been by choice. But you think about, okay, from as far back as, say, The Big Chill, mm-hmm. Russell's Rhapsody, of course. But um, so uh, <laughs> he did. I mean, he was great in Platoon. Great, Platoon. great. He was the best part of Platoon. Mm-hmm. He was great in um, Shoot to Kill, which is an underappreciated little movie. We'll do uh, about episode one fifty two. You're man, you're naming, you're killing me. Inception. How is this movie a springboard for our other films that we're uh, doing? But no, like Behringer was in Shattered, which I loved when I was worked at the movie theater. He was in a lot of good little movies. And is Greta Scotchy in that watch movie? Watch over me, like my first Ridley Scott theatrical mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. What'd you say? Was he in, uh, was Greta Scocky or Scotchy yeah. in that movie? And, and, yeah. and Robert Hoskins, Esquire. Oh, nice. Um, I love Tom Berenger. And again, he got a little bloated. You know, there's nothing you could do about that. Life takes us all. Sniper. Sniper. You say sniper? He's in, the, he's in like eight of the Sniper films, it appears. Mm-hmm. I watched pieces of all of because mm-hmm. I hate myself. Um. I love that guy. I love Tom Berenger. And you look at Willem Dafoe's career. These two, these two guys were both nominated for Platoon. They both mm-hmm. rocked it, and they both played opposing kind of angel and devil on, on Charlie's shoulder in that movie. And, and Willem Dafoe is a legend. The guy is still completely sought after. He hasn't had a lull in his career since day one. And Berenger just has kind of drifted off. What happened? Major League, he's great. I mean, he's just great. Berenger is a great piece of a movie, and, and he's just turned into dick. Oh, he's great in this. There's no doubt. It's fantastic. Anyway, so he gets up in front of the audience and he starts listing his fear, the fears that everybody has. These are the most common fears. Can you list any of them? Yeah. Um, uh, sliding into a, a second base. 
This is the this is the news that people show up for. This is the the wisdom. He says everybody people are scared of going broke. He lists it. Criticism, they're scared of failure. Abandonment, they don't like that. They don't like they don't like to die or get sick. Nails <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. And then he says, and he he throws a bonus fear. Do you remember the bonus yep, fear? Yep. Uh, metal coat hanger. <laughs> he says, fear of you. So fear of the self or fear of others, I guess they're talking about. But then he starts to he's, he starts to warm up because he's nervous and he starts to like feel the crowd's energy. And, and Kira Cedric to, is is I fucked him. So he, oh yeah, he, she's he, got a raging Behringer boner going on right now. He can't wait. And he says, uh, "There's a fear uh, a fear called electrophobia, which is fear of chickens. He, that gets a laugh. Yep. And then he goes, people have a fear of uh, peanut butter sticking to the roof of their mouths." And people are just loving it. They're like, this is what we paid to see. Or no, we came to see for free. Yeah. Because Barringer's not going to charge. And so he starts getting laughs. And he starts warming up, right? Right. And then, and, and then, you're, and then crime happens. And ruins everything. And then then I, I don't know if I told you this, but I took a samurai sword and split my TV in half. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I didn't see the ending, so maybe you could fill me in. last one is fear of your agent coercing you into forced projects. Um, Yeah, he got, he's in sand in this. Anyway, so (laughs) there's one thing that was interesting. At the end of the movie, of course, uh, there's Tom Sizemore. He confronts his wayward hitmen, and there's like a big, you know, He's drawing guns on these guys, and Tom Jane intercedes, but he doesn't have a gun at that point because he's given up violence. So there's a whole like showdown that Thomas Jane's trying to like talk down instead of he learned his lessons. He's no more shooting at the wrong time because now there's some is this, actual. Is this the most earnest film that doesn't feature Jim Varney? <laughs> so all this is happening, but what I was concentrating on is there's a there's a the crowd starts to panic because there's some shots fired or something. And they're playing awful jazz during this to try to make it like uh, claustrophobic and weird. And this guy is running up the stair uh, stairway with a bicycle, a lit up bicycle. Did you notice that? <laughs> <laughs> a bicycle wrapped in lights. He's carrying I, up the stairs. I missed that. He's saving his uh, his beloved bike. I love that. Is, I love any reason to watch this again. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, that's all resolved. There's no death in this. No one's getting shot. Thomas Jane gets shot, but he's wearing his bullshit proof vest. <laughs> he does not die. Um, and then they're like, we got to wrap this up. Look, we had this. This is the big climax. We got to wrap it up 18 months later, Nick. What's happening? Uh, this is my favorite because they, they, the Pope script in this movie, he's like, uh, by the way, guys. I just want to let you guys know. It's a little shout out, all you all you donors for Quick Start. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what he called it because he's John Hurstfeld. He doesn't understand the internet. Um, he's like, you Quick Start. Uh, I want I want to. You know, my heart's completely on my sleeve. Everything's happy. There's not one sad thing about to show you. Mm-hmm. So here's everybody's story moving on. Look, Tom Jane dressed differently. Hair's dyed. Mm-hmm. Living and he's living inside the vagina of Kira Sedgwick, n- not Tom of Jane the actress, he, he, of the actress, right? Living inside of, her vagina of uh, of no, of uh, not Hensworth, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, inside her pussy. 
I want to make sure we got it right. Actress it is. Let me correct you so you could just get that, nail that one. And then, of course, that Kevin Connolly is doing what? Well, he's he's uh, he's written the great American uh, self-published, non-seen, awfully bound piece of shit American novel. Are you talking about American Waif? <laughs> That's the name of it. Yes, it is. And where's he living? I don't know where he's living, but he's 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 he's, he's inside the vagina of <laughs> Lori Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> and he's dedicated this failure to her. <laughs> he did. He did. So there's a at the end there's a restaurant scene. Our hitmen are now they they're cooking in a restaurant. They're working in a restaurant. There's a used bookstore scene that Connolly finds a stupid book in that showed well, Cohen. The best and, thing is, okay, so there's a subplot of these two hitmen mm-hmm. wanted to open up a restaurant together. Yeah. Uh, little did the other hitmen know it was going to be a Scottish <laughs> restaurant with kilts. <laughs> the, oh, it seems to be working. I mean, quite, that's David yeah, O'Hara. You know? Quite literally, the worst food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and there's a dog walking scene. He's throwing it all in. There. Oh, yeah, He's the, getting it all. The German guy yeah. with the dachshund is now a dog walker, which is, yeah, he nailed it. Tom Jane's got his Tarzan hair. I mean, it's just everybody's like Behringer's on the beach again, but he's wearing a tux with a very. Um, Lovely dressed Kara Sedgwick. And, and so that's how it ends. It kind of starts with Behringer and ends with Behringer. But instead of some raggedy ass rider clothes, he's in a tux. Like he's celebrating. He's celebrating life. Um, and then I, I took my samurai sword out. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you know that Danny uh, Dimbart, Dimbort is one of the producers? On I did not. I did not. I noticed his name, Danny Dimbort. So do you think. Um... There was a part of uh, Danny Aiello that, like, that was uh, as he was experiencing his death rattle. There was like a, a moment of inner peace as his body left this world. I forgot that he died. When did he die? He died recently. Danny Aiello. Aiello. I always say it wrong. What no, is it? Aiello. 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 Yeah, he but he died really recently. I, for some reason, I forgot. He's super dead. He's he's super hard dead. Uh, he's he's fucking alert in the afterlife. <laughs> what happened? I mean, what happened? Was Reach Me his last movie? I hope not. <laughs> yeah. uh, looking up his grave. Um, yeah, he died this last December. So he doesn't know COVID. He doesn't know what COVID is. Um, he died of. Um, Natural causes. He was hit by an airplane. Uh, his last movie, God help him. I don't think it was this. No, he saw. He's fine. He did plenty after this, so he's our what? He, the movies I've never heard of, like The Neighborhood, Little Italy, The Last Big Save, Making a Deal with the Devil. Oh my God, this movie is so good. Was he active on social media before he passed away? Yeah. Yeah. That's a question I always wanted to ask. Yeah. He's a, he was a, I, he's good in movies. Sometimes. What, what, what show you like him in? Uh, you know, he just, 
he's got that Dana yellow thing going on, you know, like you, you gotta, you gotta accept the shape of his head. <laughs> he, uh, his last movie he saw was faded gigolo. <laughs> so he went out like a champ. He was so excited to, to see so, that uh, beloved. Let's immortalize him. What's his best. Is it Moonstruck? What's his best role? What's what I mean, do the right thing. Right. I mean, that has to be his best movie. He's fantastic in that movie too. Yeah, he is. He wasn't even in Moonstruck. Yeah, he wasn't in Moonstruck. Um, and you see that that or the pickle. I'm trying to. Oh, he was in Two Days in the Valley, which first filled directed. It might as be well. Leon. It might be my favorite. I mean, he's great and do the right thing too. He's a major part of that movie. Oh, lucky number eleven. Never mind. Um. So. Uh, <sighs> You know, let's 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 pull up and look at this from thirty thousand feet. Why did you do this to us, and then also to the, the, the very few listeners that we have? Why would you do it? Because I mentioned it. I think we mentioned it twice, and it just that's how it works. This is a fucking. It's you know what it's like. It's like one of those chain letters. You know, you mention it, and then it gets to you, and you die. I just feel like it's like you tell me you don't like me that much. Like we don't. I don't want to be your friend anymore, Justin. Here's reach me. I sent it to your house. <laughs> Get the message. Honestly, there is nothing better. There is nothing that makes me feel better about us mutually experiencing this film and film. They should do a horror film about somebody receives an anonymous package at their house and they open it up. It's reach me. Yeah. And they just spend the rest of the new movie paranoid about who sent it. It's almost like reach me. You're like, a you slaughterhouse. Be a charnel house. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. A plus. Let's, so you want to pull back and you want to do the work? Or what what were you going to say there? I interrupted I, I'm you. just, uh, you know, for those of you out there who uh, aspire to be filmmakers or part of Hollywood, uh, it ain't all gravy. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, really nice. And sometimes it's reach me, you know? So you just, you got to go in there like that girl who was going for her SAG card and that uh, scene with Carrie Elwes. And then all of a sudden he's inside her. Uh, in front of a bunch of people. Yeah, we didn't talk. We didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about Thomas Jane ends up punching uh, or de-teething Carrie El- Elways. Like he actually gets revenge and, but, and but, punches but his teeth. Carrie Elways gets more revenge. I know he. Yeah, he he says that he. Yeah, he lies. Yeah, there's, and says there's a newspaper that, with a, a headline mm-hmm. that says he thwarted robbers. Yeah, which is actually the most acute section of this film. But Tom Jane takes his teeth out and drops them on a table in front of his later, his, his beloved. Yeah. Elizabeth Henstridge. Yep. You got sexually assaulted by corrected things by removing your assaulter's teeth and dropping them in front of you. Right. So it's like horrifying. I think, uh, no, uh, sexy. Is that what you should do? Okay. Yeah. She's like, thanks, Thomas Jane. I just blew a load. I don't know what you're going to do after this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you do like Thomas Jane a lot. You love his hair. I love everything about Thomas Jane. Mm-hmm. He said he's fan- he's great. Usually, I have to say he's great, like and his career is so peculiar and wonderful. And I love his little. I love the shape of his whole head. I love everything about him. I remember when I watched yeah. Boogie Nights the first time. I was like, "Who is this like charismatic little entity I'm watching in the scene? Who is he? Looks like so wrong. He looks like he's got some Tom Hanks hair. He's bobbing his head." It's like he's like got '80s Tom Hanks hair, but what is he? He's great. He's super sexy. He looks like looks a little bit like I don't know. He reminds me a little bit of 
uh, somebody else, but I, I think I, I think he's sweet. And then he keeps kicking ass. Like he just does weird shit. He makes huge mistakes and and swings to the fences and completely whiffs. And then somehow bounces back and does interesting shit. And they turn they turn him into try to turn him into an action star. Deep Blue Sea, remember? Like they he, were all he, ready. He for... pulled that off. He pulled Deep mm-hmm. Blue Sea off. He did not pull that like post punk thing that he tried to do. That like who was the actress in Deep Blue Sea? Do you remember? Yeah, her name? Saffron Burroughs, my girl. Saffron Burroughs. Episode right. one. 51. <laughs> oh my God. We should just do all three of those Deep Blue Sea movies because they, you know, there's three of them now. They just released like a third one. They sure did. That one actually starts, stars uh, Michael Rappaport's, right? Michael Rappaport's foot. <laughs> the star of that film. Can I, can I tell you that you, twitching foot, you forced me to do a uh, fake movie poster that was great for this? Deep Blue Sea? Yep. Yeah, deep UC. Yeah, and you actually did it. I sure did. It actually looked great. All right, so you want to do the work? Do the work. So you are uh, nestled up to the tattoo parlor. Mm-hmm. He's got the needle whirring. He's like, "All right, let's 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 permanentize. Reach me onto your flesh." Yeah, I got it already. All right, shoulder to shoulder to middle fingertip. Uh-huh. So picture that. Picture that length. I got the web address for the Reach Me Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> Shoulder to middle finger. You know what I'm saying? Right. I got that web address. Starting with HTTP. I hope, you know, maybe an S. I don't I know. But HTTP colon. be a tilde in there somewhere. I hope so. Um, it'd be awesome if you could actually click it somehow and it would do something. I'd have to talk to the tattoo artist. Right. But anyway, that's what I would do. I would do that, that designation, that address uh, location location of the of the of the abandoned kickstarter campaign for this film right okay so on the landing strip to my ass (laughs) 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 appropriate at least um i'm gonna have a uh what they would call a chiaroscuro um version of stallone throwing (laughs) Throwing paint onto his uh, canvas, looking like a vagina in the middle. And then uh, in cursive writing, it's going to say, you're a taint, be a masterpiece. <laughs> That's not bad. That's a little cute, fun fun pun. I was going to suggest, can I su- suggest a tattoo? Sure. I, whenever you went to your landing strip on your ass, I thought you were going to tattoo Kara Sedgwick's face about to kiss. No, no, no. I don't want it to be. Your, I want it to be more. Esoteric. It's a medical term, bombosity. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I like I like your idea. Yeah, and one of the words is misspelled. Um. So, um. And then, goddamn it, you've been doing hard work, and then they said, "All right, we're going to reward you by letting you green light reach me again." So, how? Do, what is a sequel? What does a sequel to this movie look like? Continuation of Reach Me. Yep. Okay, I've got mm-hmm. an idea. Uh, it's basically okay. a shot-for-shot remake of Deep Impact. The ocean's like, uh, stop shouting at me. <laughs> well i i would pick it up is that your is that That's it, it. You know, anymore i i would pick it up remember i said stallone leave smiling yeah and you're just kind of confused so the sequel would be follow, they follow him home and then the two hitman guys would be back in business because stallone is mean to Connolly. so Connolly hires them to Learn Stallone a lesson. 
you know, to teach him a lesson and they descend upon his house, but he's a wily guy and he, he's, tra- he's trapped his house. So my idea would be uh, Stallone alone. <laughs> <laughs> he play the Macaulay Culkin <laughs> I think that would be right. I think that could work. Right. I mean, except the traps actually kill them. Uh, like he's got Rambo traps in there, you know? Yeah. Has Stallone ever done like a, he, he's done a lot of traps in his film. In right? Ra- the last Rambo film, he's nuts with traps. Yeah. He's like a jigsaw type character. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing is, is you could have just set up a webcam at Frank's house. No, thank you. <laughs> that is Stallone alone. <laughs> Is he a married man? He's got to be a married man. I don't know. He's trading on his brother's fame. I think he was you know actually a name before Frank, uh, uh, Sylvester was. Was he? He was a musician. You mean he was older? He came first. <laughs> yeah, he flew out of the vagina. But uh, the thing is, <laughs> do you know how hard it is to become a, a success with the name Sylvester? That's amazing. How many are there? Can you imagine a, you get a, I get a DVD in my house the next Next week, and it says, reach me too. Do you know how hard I'd be? So you have uh, been given the financing to uh, create a reach me based business, which would be the first time that's happened, including the film. Do you have any ideas? Well, I was thinking of, um, yeah. So, you know how you go, there's those places where you drink wine and you, and you make paintings, right? Or you make pottery or whatever. Like there's a big housewife thing that they've done in the malls and stuff like that. Okay. So this is called uh, Reach Me, be a, be a Masterpiece. Reach Me, colon, be a Masterpiece. And so what you do is you go in there, they, they break open a bottle of wine. Everybody's at their table sipping wine. They've got a canvas and, a, and uh, a palette and all sorts of oils, and they are creating their own masterpieces, everybody. And, and uh, there's a nude model. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a very gross thing. It's like, imagine... <laughs> Imagine uh, Raleigh Fingers from the Oakland A's in the 70s naked on a platform. And they're painting, and then all of a sudden, like they're like killing it. They're drunk. They're fucking talking. They're giggling everything. And then Thomas Jane comes in and shoots them to death. <laughs> After g- giggling, huh? Yeah. Well, appropriate. I, I, I would do a – I would get – I'd have to I'd have to partner with the director himself, John Hurstville, mm-hmm. and see if he would do this. But we'd – create a, a lesson a, a, a week of classes or like kind of like a traveling film school called john hersfeld teach me reach me and he would then tell he kind of teach people how he made the movie you know and 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 you know um you know people would raise their hands like well in 15 minutes he's like no 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 that's there's no place for that in this class it's only reach me focus mm-hmm. he would go through every step of how he made the film and then he would invite at the end how you pass the class is that you are you're able to shoot a film anything you want anywhere you want any location any actors any kind of dialogue and he would just zip it right up into the film and it's just seamlessly it doesn't matter it just pushes your scene into his film making it bigger and it doesn't make it's fine it absorbs it you know because there's no really narrative through line right. anyway right so um and then every class would recently would just get fatter and fatter right. and probably more wonderful i couldn't agree more and then this kid comes up and and harris was like what do you do for your day job he goes i'm a forensic accountant and herzberg diaries his pants <laughs> 
Well, I mean, we saw the equivalent of that on. <laughs> hey, dig this. Mm-hmm. You're in Reach Me. <laughs> wow. You're a character in this specimen. Yes. What shape does it take? I'm a musician. All right. I read the book, Reach Me, and it changed my life. I'm a, uh, I work at a laundromat. And I'm unsatisfied. Okay. That's my day job. I read Reach Me and I become a I become a musician and I name myself Peck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been inspired inspired by this book. And I I'm then I get to be one of the threads in the movie that I'm I'm on the boardwalk with my acoustic guitar playing just indescribable music because I don't know how to play the guitar, but I, I'm so confident from this book that i can do anything i don't even know that i called i thought what you play guitar with are pecs i don't even know it's picks <laughs> so i named myself after the little plastic you know pick but i call myself peck and so that's what i do and that reminds me we didn't talk about ryan K- kitwan scene when he he is tourette's wow. so that's such a bad wow. weird scene he's he talks about how tourette's this book has made him i guess I did not not solve his stress, not cure his stress, but it, it certainly made it. It emboldened more, him. Yeah, and so he has Isn't this he weird famous scene. like with a saw or something like that. Doesn't he have like some sort of connection to like the saw movies or some f- Blumhouse? I, mean, only, or I, he, I think he's an Australian actor I, or from, and I, I think he, the only thing I know him from is True Blood. It's like a handsome guy in True Blood. But that's a weird. That's a whole weird path. But anyway, that, I would take that cue and I'd be a musician <laughs> called Peck. Um, who figures into the plot? I mean, I think it's actually perfect. I love, I love my character, and I'd also get, ne- I get face right up next to an ass in that movie as well. My face would be so close to an. Oh, you ass. meant the director? Nice. <laughs> All right, so um, I am Peck. <laughs> I'm a uh, very, um, I'm proud. I'm very proud. I've, uh, I've spent, I spent so many years uh, gathering my, 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 uh, every penny, everything I do, everything mm-hmm. is squirreled away because I'm investing in a business. You know, living in California is expensive mm-hmm. and, and I live in the Valley, but I commute every day out to, you know, to, to Berkeley and to, uh, you know, to, I mean, Malibu, all these places that are just beautiful. I spend my life in my car because I've been saving up money to have this business. And uh, Malibu is my dream. Right there on the ocean, on the cliffs, it's, it's, it's the unattainable star. And I have saved for 45 years, and I come out and of the bank, and I have fucking finally collected my coins for this venture. I'm building uh, a, 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 a tiki uh, bar in Malibu. Mm. My you know, killing it. It's going to be fucking huge. I know it. And, uh, I come outside and, um, Tom or, Thomas Jane's using armor piercing bullets. <laughs> and he shoots oh, no. Danny Trejo. He shoots me. He shoots the wall. He shoots the safe. <laughs> he shoots the money <laughs> and I am fucked. And, and I, and I die in a sad pool behind Danny Trejo. And the last thing I see is his fucking distorted face. And it's just like America. You know, it's like, oh man, this is the dream, and 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 I, as my life force ebbs out of me, I ejaculate. 
course. Yeah. Yeah. So in a way you wanted that to happen. No, actually it's yeah. That's your that's your kink? Yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. To get shot by Thomas Jane? Okay. In front of Danny or beside Danny Trejo. I I it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing mm-hmm. I've got. Um it's gross. Um and then I wrote a some Peck writes a song about this death. <laughs> Is it? I was gonna. I should have done a poem about this movie. I was thinking about trying to put my feelings into words. You're floating around on this fucking island. Mm-hmm. You have assorted debris from various films that you've gathered. Mm-hmm. All that have a special place in your heart. Uh, they all have deep connections, and it creates a very nice through line. What from Reach Me works its way into this collection? I mean, there's not much to take. I certainly wouldn't take the book. I'm just gonna lay it out there. <laughs> I'm leaving that book. <laughs> Because whenever they try to tell you what's in the book, it is god awful. Right, it sucks. And then he remember he, he, they hang it on his wife. They're like, she came up with most of this uh, philosophy. Mm-hmm. Shout out the water, you know. So I wouldn't take the book. Yeah, can you take a facial expression? You've done worse. I'm gonna take Stallone's facial expression, like one of his facial expressions, the disappointed at the promise. The unfulfilled promise of Kevin Connolly. That's what I'm going to take. The last, that look. You know what I'm talking yep. about. You can picture it, right? Right. Uh, I'm going to take that look, and I'm just going to trot around my island with that look. Um, and everybody, all the little creatures will know on my island, all my all the little crabs that crawl. Yep. And the grasshoppers. Are, are there grasshoppers on islands? There can be. The mutant bears. I would, they would all know. Yeah. That I got Stallone lip. Stallone, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the disappointed... Look, that's what I'll take. I'll take that. In my hut, where all the naughty shit goes down, and I got my fucking weird candle, got all sorts of stuff going on in there. Um, when you walk up to that door, it ain't like uh, the hut that Luke has on on uh, you know his island. There's mm-hmm. a little secret, useless Danny Aiello trap door. Um, on like you know Danny Aiello's house, he's got a little trap, like a little door that opens up with the bars that you can see inside. I don't a little, know. I your little greeting this. space. He's got a little gre- oh. greeting. Oh, he's the confessional. No, no, at his house. When Thomas Jane goes to his house, he's got a little greeting space on the door. Okay, okay. So uh, I've got that greeting space there, and uh, as a joke, when I go to bed, I smash up, I smash little, the cute little Georgie face. I have him on a. I have him. His face smashed up against that greeting space. So when you open up the viewport, you're instantly greeted by Georgie. How are you preserving? This is Georgie from It. How are you preserving that body uh, on your eye? I have a. Is I he, have a makeshift brine that I've created. I don't want to know about the recipe. I could. I could tell you. <laughs> I'd rather not. But there's a makeshift just... brine that he, he rests mm-hmm. in during the evenings and the after hours. Okay. Yeah. Is, is it just his, his actual dead body, or did, does he come to life as he does in It to haunt you? Oh, no, it's just his lifeless dead body in the raincoat. <laughs> no, I don't want life in that shit. With his arm ripped off? No, 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 no. Yeah, he's, he's shitty. He's, did you take the arm? No, I don't need it. It's not, it's not, it's not relevant to what I, my goals are. He also, someone else doesn't need it. <laughs> so you smash his face up. Yeah, well, no, the, he would be suspended. Uh, via like bungee cords, uh, like in front of the door, so that when you open the peephole, expecting mm-hmm. to look in the room and ask for some assistance, there'd be George's smashed up face there. 
All right. So as that happens, picture you that that happening. Picture that. Yeah. That his face against you're standing there and his face smashed up against that. Yeah. And then they cut to me and I got the the disappointed Stallone face look. <laughs> disappointed. No, you and then smash cut beyond Georgie's smashed up face. You see me on my on my makeshift cot um looking over in disappointment because uh you know it's that time of night and I'm I'm being disrupted from my slumber. So a, a groggy me looking over past the deceased Georgie's face at your destroyed Stallone face. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. You got good eyes on you. Good, good eyesight. Yeah. Cause I, you didn't tell you, but I have binoculars. I'm checking that. Well, I, and I'm my, it's so weird. Night vision. I groggily come to, and I'm like, wait, is that from Lords of Flashbush? And we're all groggy and shit. You're like, no, this is from reach me. And I, <laughs> and I can never sleep again. <laughs> How long is he down there, Nick? Uh, <laughs> you never got back to me. Georgie? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. 